So you decided you want to buy a gun, but how do you choose which one? You don't have time to test every handgun, rifle, and shotgun out there. NorCal Gun Vault can help you out. Yeah, the folks that work there are passionate about firearms. They hunt, they shoot. You can tell it's not just a job for them, and it shows in their ability to find the perfect firearm for you. NorCal Gun Vault is fully stocked with hundreds of handguns, rifles, shotguns, not to mention tons of ammo, dozens of accessories. Yeah, whether shooting is just a hobby, you're a hunter, or you're thinking about owning your first gun, NorCal Gun Vault has exactly what you're looking for. By the way, if cash is tight right now, but you really want to get a gun, NorCal Gun Vault will work with you to create a layaway program individually tailored to what makes sense for your budget. NorCal Gun Vault opens seven days a week, locally owned and operated. Check them out at NorCalGunVault.com. NorCalGunVault.com. It really matters when you're dealing with experts. Go to NorCalGunVault.com, NorCalGunVault.com. This is Ed McMahon. And now, here's Armstrong and Getty. Live from Studio C, a dimly lit room deeper than the bowels of the Armstrong and Getty Communications Compound. Today we are under the tutelage of our general manager... Chaos? I don't know. Uh, crises? Uh, I don't know. I'm just wondering. Here we are on Monday. Last week was one of the craziest news weeks ever. Um, yep. And I just wonder what we got going on this week. Because uh, over the weekend, we had North Korea fire off that missile on Friday that could have reached the United States of America. Not just Hawaii, but the actual mainland. Yep. And uh, Russia kicking out a 1,000 U.S. diplomats. It's their biggest move of that sort since 1917, the beginning of the Soviet Union. So, yeah, there's uh, those are our two biggest enemies in the world right now. So that's the uh, craziness going on. Obviously, along with the uh, that guy that used to be the uh, game show host that's president now. What's Gene his, Rayburn? What's his name? Yes. G- <laughs> no, it's not Gene Rayburn. <laughs> Richard Dawson. It might be Richard Wink Dawson. Martindale. Yeah, so I don't know the Wink name. Martindale. The name the escapes me. Maybe yeah. it's Wink Martindale, but uh, yeah, so you never know what's going on. Although, so this new guy, this new chief of staff dude, is supposed to bring order, right? Quiet things down. Four-star general. Exactly. Doesn't yep. doesn't put up with the uh, crap. Nope. He might have to put up with crap. I don't know what's going to happen. Uh, what we're going to do today is study the world. Oh, study the world. Ah, uh, yes. Study, study, study it. Study the world. You know... My brother was in town to visit uh, my kids, and uh, I gained two and a half pounds. I'm really disappointed in that. How I, often do you weigh yourself? Uh, every Friday, every Saturday and Sunday morning. Interesting. I weigh myself every day. Yeah, I would, but my scale is out in the shop, and I got to walk out there in my underwear. And 
The neighbors were complaining. And... <laughs> the goats were confused. <laughs> uh, I, should, I would like to weigh myself every day. If the scale was close, I would. But anyway, my uh, how long did I go without eating a donut? A year and three quarters? I ate a whole bunch of donuts Saturday. <laughs> <laughs> it made up for lost time. I didn't eat yeah. a donut for uh, like a year and a half or more. And you got to make up for it. And then I just lost it. My wife bought a big box of donuts, and it was just sitting there, and I was feeling all festive, and damn it. Anyway, what are you going to do? Let's introduce everybody in the squad. We'll start there with our board operator, Michelangelo, pressing buttons, flipping toggles, pulling levers. Hi, this morning, Michael. I'm doing good. I I must admit I am kind of curious about um, how Marshall and Vince did this uh, past weekend. They had a double date together, and I'll just say I have a salad shooter that I need to re-gift, so, <laughs> you know, that's all. <laughs> Ruin yourself every day is a good idea, isn't it, Vincent? Yeah. I've known so many people that say, no, nah, I know, I never weigh myself. I go, by the way, my clothes fit. And you know what I call those people? Sad. Fat. <laughs> they're, all, yeah. they're all fat, and they're still fat. They're, they're, <laughs> You've got to weigh yourself, and you just don't notice. There are times when I'm heavier, and I don't weigh myself, but then when I drop the weight, I'm like, I wish I weighed myself all the time, because I would know how much I weighed, and yeah. I would be able to do, I would probably, it would spur me it's too easy to gain five pounds over you know uh, over a year without noticing it and then you know well then you got five pounds to try to lose mm. um there is positive sean whose smile lights up the room our assistant executive producer how are you sean i'm doing very well at a, at a glorious weekend my my last several weekends have been overly packed with social responsibilities and hanging out with friends and you know just being a, an all-around kind of social gallivant but uh, this weekend, it was it was back to my Fortress of Solitude. It was great. Oh, I just waited, the, counted the time until the Game of Thrones premiere. And uh, last week tonight, came back with another new episode. My Sunday night was set. Everything else before that was just, oh. Well, it's it's the conundrum, right? Is it loneliness or is it freedom? I don't know. <laughs> I tend to I tend to lean well, on the see, freedom side of things. But... Well, here's the thing: if I think if you're happy, it's freedom. If you're yeah. unhappy, it's loneliness. Well, then I'm the I'm the freedom one because I'm I'm certainly pleased with myself, as everybody always likes to remind me. And and that is and <laughs> and that seems to be the the conundrum for um uh affluent uh, Western societies. Is everybody's perfectly happy being by themselves? They feel no need to couple and have children. And then, so what do you do when you run out of kids? <laughs> and see, so, there you go. Uh, there's Vincent. He is this nation's most prominent Asian American uh, talk show personality. How are you, Vincent? I uh, had a fabulous Saturday. Uh, it was like a huge date thing for me, and then met up with Marshall for our double date. But uh, we didn't end up going to the community pool. Uh, my lady friend and I we went to uh, we went to a lake. So instead of uh, the people petri dish that is the community pool, you and it is. The, well, to, we added to the people petri dish of the lake, dogs, fish, and jet ski fuel to the petri dish. Awesome, which was amazing. We just doggy paddled around for a few hours. Uh, we met up with Marshall. Uh, it was quite gregarious, and I cussed a lot. And uh, it was fun, though. It was it was a good time. So, and this was was this a first date? This water thing? No, not really. Not really. <laughs> But so I, I get the, I, I, I still believe that since it was either going to be a pool or a lake, your whole goal is the date has to include you being shirtless so they can see how in shape you are. <laughs> that seems to be the thing to me. There's three things we can do. We could either do uh, we could either go to the lake or the swimming pool or what else could we do that's shirtless? We could do. Uh, she's already seen me shirtless, so it was it was so other people could see me shirtless. <laughs> oh, wow! Yeah, wow. she was on display. Man, I go to the pool. I uh, I, I make sure I've got a number of shirts. That hold various things in place. My but, shorts were falling down because they were all wet. They weren't swimming trunks, and so 
I had my uh, coin slot on display. It was, it was a good time. The greatest thing has ever happened to these swim shirts that kind of hold your moobs in place if you're a guy. It's fantastic. Yeah. Why don't you own swim trunks? Because uh, I, I rarely go to the pool until this, this, right. this well, weekend. Fair enough. They are $6. <laughs> you, know, you don't want to have an extra pair laying around. Yeah, they have the built-in underwear. <laughs> clutter, exactly. You'd have clutter. Uh, there's Marshall Phillips, who uh, does our news every day. How are you, Marshall? I have to say, it was a fine double date indeed. You know, Vincent is quite gregarious, quite outgoing, quite pleasant when he is out at a social function. <laughs> As opposed to here? Is that uh, what yes, you're saying? indeed. Had a chance to talk smack about coworkers, mm-hmm. and, uh, you know, it was it was lively. We decided, you know, we really need to do this more often. Fantastic. Uh, a double date. I don't, yep. I don't know if I've ever done that. And uh, your end of it went well also? Everything went well. It was, uh, it was really pleasant and a lot of fun. We were the loudest booth oh, in the yeah. entire restaurant. Yes. Awesome. We were probably yes. annoying everyone. but That's a good whatever. thing when that's going on. In fact, a uh, fellow sitting next to us, he and his wife came over after they finished their meal and said, I hear a lot of radio and television talk going on over here. <laughs> wow. I'm a retired blah, blah, blah from oh, there blah, you blah, go. blah. There you go. Marshall. I used to be a DJ. Uh. <laughs> yes. Marshall Phillips held court. Oh, really? He was quite the, quite the showman. <laughs> yeah, it was great. Hey, one last note. I do have to point this out before we go any further. It is the richest author in the world's birthday today. Is it James Patterson? No, it's Harry. Oh, right. Yeah, Harry J.K. Rowling, right? Potter's yeah. mom, J.K. Rowling. Yep. Gotcha. Net worth a little over a billion dollars. Wow, really? A billion dollars. And uh, does everybody know her story of being a divorced mother and getting up at like four in the morning right. and writing before she went off to work to support her kids? Right. And man, that's, that's quite a deal. That's quite a dedication when you... And uh, Harry Potter was her first thing, right? Indeed. Indeed that's, it was. That's just amazing. That happens with a lot of uh, successful authors. People go to writing school and they try all the different things and <laughs> right. major this. And then uh, most of the really great books are written by people. Yeah, I think I'll write some because they just have a talent for right. it. And they, she waxes off and she's got a billion dollars. Yes. Wow, that's yes. amazing. And of course, increasing with every passing minute. I know almost nothing about Harry Potter. I will really? soon as we're going to start that with the kids. Uh, we're going to do it this summer, but the summer's almost over. Yeah. But I've never read a word of it. I've never seen a second in any of the movies. I don't know anything about it other than the name. It's a sports book, or uh... well, they play Quidditch, which is like yes, a, that's, that's a their sport. that's their yeah. sport where they fly yeah. around on brooms and stuff. Yeah. Teen romance. I don't M- know. What much it is. more, uh, much more kind of mysticism and, and wizardry involved than mm. athletics. I look forward to it though. Uh, I'm Jack Armstrong. He's Joe Getty. On this, it is Monday, July 31st, the year 2017. We're Armstrong and Getty, and we approve of this program. When should we start the show? Hmm. How about Mark? Here's some, here's some good news. Uh, I just read that Walmart just announced a plan to create 1.5 million new jobs in the U.S. Uh, the jobs will be to steal people's Amazon packages off their front steps so they start shopping at Walmart again. Ah, that's, that's true. <laughs> that's theft. That's that's kind of true. Uh, what are other headlines, Marshall Phillips? Well, day one for the new Trump chief of staff. North Korea tests the West. Lots of Trump hot takes this morning. And the connection between sleep and your weight. Coming up, 635 Armstrong and Getty. Trump is tweeting this morning. Oh, yeah. Back at it. 12 times yesterday and like three times already this morning. 12 times yesterday. Yep. Well, I didn't catch all of them. I know some of them were pretty interesting about uh, China and North Korea and that whole situation. Man, that has become a serious crisis. Oh, yeah. I don't I don't know what we're going to do. They have a missile that can full-on reach Chicago, maybe. Mm-hmm. Um, 
and obviously the nuclear weapons that they're testing. We're going to talk to somebody about that later. We're going to talk about uh, the dust up with the with I almost said the Soviet Union with Russia and all that. We've got our blue, never forget, and we've got our blue collar panel coming up this Friday, and we'll talk more about what that's going to be because we need more people. And plus, I want you to tune in because I think it's going to be really good. Much to discuss today on the Armstrong and Getty Show. You know what Joe's doing? He's not here today. Another court appearance for his indecent exposure charge. No, that's not it. He's playing golf at Pebble Beach with a bunch of big-wig clients and stuff like that. Which is a big deal, playing golf at Pebble Beach. Big, big deal. It's about as big a deal as you can get in the golfing world. And that's what he's doing today. So he is a... He sent me a text last night saying, man, there's some high-level schmoozing going on. There was some sort of get-together last night before they played golf today. Oh. He was excited about the golf part, not so excited about the schmoozing with very powerful, important people the night before at the Pebble Beach Lodge or wherever they were. Oh, he's too good for the Bilderberg group? <laughs> uh, I played golf at Pebble Beach many, many years ago. Seems crazy now because I don't even play golf, but I, I hate golf. I'd rather do almost anything in the world than play golf, but I used to be just just used to dominate my life. I thought about it all the time. It's all I cared about. And then I just decided I didn't like it anymore and it went away. Uh, but when Joe is not here, I do not do mailbag. I feel that is his his invention. It's his shtick. It's his thing. And I don't like reading your emails because <laughs> I don't like a lot of you. There's also that. But, uh, but also the respecting his shtick, his thing, <laughs> right, and his also... corner of the store, don't want to step on toes. But also, <laughs> screw you guys. But anyway, I got several uh, pretty good emails here, and I, uh, so I'll hit you with a couple of things. Um, uh, on three different topics, all of them kind of interesting. Um, a couple of shower thoughts for you. I never realized how much needed to be taught to us until my son asked me if he could pee in the trash can. Mm. <laughs> that does happen as a parent. Kids ask you all these things, and you think, wow, I, I guess you're, of course, you're not born knowing that. Somebody has to tell you that. So they ask you a lot of different things. You have to tell them. Well, you the can't re- pee in the trash can. It seems like it would make sense. Right. The refuse goes there. Yeah. Refuse. And you're standing there. It seems like you could just stand on a thing. Lid comes up. Pee in it. Close the lid. When those situations come up, do you immediately call your parents? Be like, was I <laughs> was I this unmolded ball of goo as well during my formative years? Uh, I'm not fully committed to a video until I turn my phone sideways. That's oh, true. That's that's a sign of modern times right there. Uh-huh. Then you got to turn it back up to read all the snarky comments and everything. Uh, dogs are like having children on easy mode. They will eat literally anything, poop outside, and won't ever go to college. And they think you're the greatest thing in the world just because you're there. That's true. Oh, I'm going to hit you with one more. No matter what I do, I always feel like a teenager pretending to be an adult. Wow, I thought I was the only one like that. Is that a common thing? Yeah, I remember we did the the segment on uh, the story that came out. We're all just faking it. It's like a fake it syndrome. We're all just kind of faking it and oh, going yeah. along. Oh, yeah. Well, our some, best. <laughs> some people have that worse than others, right, though? That's yeah. a... a, that's a um, it's like a imposter a, syndrome, I think. Yeah, imposter syndrome. Yeah. I was about to say, it's like a syndrome. It's a thing that some people have, and I have it. And have had it my whole life. I forget. It's a good chunk of us. Like 20% of people feel that way. They feel like 
everybody knows they're faking it. If I have a tie on, like if I'm dressed up, I just feel like the whole world can look at me and say, <laughs> what is that guy wearing a tie for? He is clearly not tie material. <laughs> I'm always feeling like I'm about five to fifteen minutes away from everybody figuring it out, and oh, then yeah. it all oh, going yeah. away. Oh yeah, <laughs> this guy's yeah. tricked us. Yeah, yeah. That's that's it's. I don't know if that's you know. I don't know if that helps motivate a person or not. Oh, there's the video of Chris Christie uh, yelling, oh, yeah. yelling at that Cubs guy. <laughs> the best part of it, of course, the fact that he's clutching his nachos to his chest, right. like one thing that can't happen in this little dust up. I don't care if you and I start throwing dogs. Nothing's going to happen to my nachos. <laughs> And, uh, someone on Twitter uh, termed it his Nacho Sunday. It, it does look like a comically large, not it's not ginormous, but it's bigger than your average. Sir, nachos. is that whipped cream on your nachos? <laughs> oh, <God>. <laughs> <laughs> or Chris Christie? And for no people, matter. for people who haven't seen the video, he bends over to kind of get in the in the in the guy in the heckler's face. The heckler had started it, and uncool. The heckler doing the I can say anything to you because you can't do anything back to me thing that a lot of hecklers do. With 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 uh, famous people, uncool I think. But then Chris Christie turns around, and gets his face, but he's holding his nachos like really close to yeah. his chest and up near his face, like, like a protective mother yeah, holds a exactly. baby. <laughs> exactly. And then and then he bend, bends down to go nose to nose with a guy, calls him a big shot, and walks off. First he says, "Have another beer," yeah. which I thought was a pretty good one. Why don't you have another nacho? <laughs> uh couple other for mailbag. Poor Chris Christie. Every time he gets into a dust-up, he's always got some sort of food like that. Like the big bag of M&M's. Or... Oh, yeah. <laughs> you mean the bag of M&M's that he was combining two separate containers of M&M's yeah. into one for ease of eating? He had a giant <laughs> bag of M&M's. He, that was at the, wasn't that that the Republican convention? A giant bag of M&M's he was pouring into a little bag of M&M's for some reason. <laughs> <laughs> no, I only eat the little bags. <laughs> oh, he's God, gone that's funny. For... He's gone from being a politician to, like, a sitcom character. <laughs> oh, boy. Uh, which one should I do these first? Oh, please, please, please stop having Sean do the Game of Thrones recap. What? How dare you? When I we have one later today. When I haven't had a chance to watch the latest episode yet, it's so awful to have Sean wreck it. We'll, we'll tune out for that. Ever. It's 30 seconds long. And also, I am very aware of what are, are relevant spoilers or not. I, I often don't spoil anything that was not already kind of hinted at in <laughs> previous weeks, like, next week on. I, I'm, I'm very aware of that. Mind you, I like Sean, but what? What is the purpose of this? That's a pretty good question. People, <laughs> Come on. people who watch the show have either already seen the episode and don't need his recap, or they haven't seen it and it's spoiling it for them. People who don't watch aren't interested. See, that's not true. I don't watch and I am interested because I want to have just like enough knowledge to kind of... Uh, fake it. <laughs> well, yeah, fake it in a conversation if I had to about Game of Thrones. Uh, so who are you really doing this bit for? Just Sean? Eh, well, <laughs> well, first of all, any radio thing that involves a timer and a buzzer is fantastic. Abs- you you don't, can't go wrong. You don't need another reason <laughs> to do something on a radio than to interrupt somebody mid-sentence with a buzzer. I want to fit, fit this in because this is pretty good. I'm having a sip of coffee. Dear Jack and Joe, I'm a fag STD. Friend of Armstrong and Getty since day one. Is that is that what? Since day, I was trying to figure that out as well. I don't know what the. I think that's since day one. Since, since the dawn. Since the dawn. That's right. That's the new one. Since Sex, the beginning. But anyway, transmitted disease. I need to get something off my B cups. Pun intended. For a long time, I've stayed quiet as you guys have raved about Ivanka Trump's breathtaking looks. <laughs> I've listened politely, waiting for you two to move on to the next subject. In January, when Jack went to the inauguration in D.C. and saw Ivanka up close, he reported that she looks even more flawless in person. She does, by the way. Almost like being from another world. I still stayed polite and kept my mouth, my trap shut. 
Then last week, Jack made a comment about Ivanka being the hottest mom on planet Earth. And the next day, Joe said something about Ivanka being both intelligent and attractive. Well, my gloves have come off. Absolutely, Ivanka is a beautiful, friendly, smart woman who also has had a ton of work done. And don't get me started on being jealous because, duh. Her breathtaking looks are nothing short of what I would do, too, if I was rolling in wealth. But at the same time, I'd be up front with the world. I certainly would not let young women, teens and little girls, not to mention the world's male population, think I was born looking like an airbrushed photo. Here's what this smart cookie has done. And then she itemizes the work Ivanka Trump has had done. And I did not know this. She installed double D's in, in 2007. She's much smaller in earlier photos. She's had at least one nose job. Photos would likely indicate two. Her natural brunette is colored uh, to maintain her gorgeous sun-kissed blonde. She's clocking steep hours in a stylist chair every month. Yeah, she colors hair. A lot of people do that. Her teeth are likely veneered. Again, consult the photos I've provided. And this is purely my best guess, but after her third baby, she likely had a plastic surgeon swoop in to immediately perform a tummy tuck. Tummy tuck, I wouldn't... I mean, who wouldn't do that? Here are the links to Ivanka's photos through the years before and after to prove what I have uh, just told you. Did her plastic surgeon start with lovely material? Of course, both Donald and Ivanka were beautiful young people who produced beautiful children. But think of it this way. And this is a good one. When my husband sees an unbelievably well-muscled man, he'll often mock, you know, if I didn't have a job and kids and could take steroids and work out all day long, I'd look like that too. To show no hard feelings, just a suggestion to isolate Jack saying, hottest mom on planet Earth. Admittingly, it was funny. I think it aired on July 24th. Well, that's all right. That's true. That's true. That is absolutely true. You see a guy like that, and we all make that decision, right? On Earth. For the most part. Um, But you see a super in-shape dude or super in-shape chick, and you think, you know, you look at him, at least when you get older, I think, and a little better balance, you look at him and you think, yeah, I could probably look close to that if I put in the kind of time they do, and I've made the life decision that that's not my highest priority. I'd rather either eat more, lay around more, I have kids to take care of, whatever. And I've just decided not to. That is, There's some truth to that. The Ivanka getting nose jobs, boob jobs, teeth veneers, I didn't know all that. I'm going to check out the photos. Anybody know? Yeah, yeah, I'm looking at the, the photos now. I don't know about the teeth stuff. The nose job thing seems pretty compelling. Really? And with the, I, I don't know, it's, she with, is... with various push-up and and bras right. and uh, stuff sure. it's always yeah. hard to tell with, yeah. with those things. she is fairly perfect it's not hard to believe that she's had stuff done to her face and she and she not being sucked into the weird, weird hollywood madness hasn't taken that next couple of steps to where you start to look like a freak right and here's the other side of the coin as men we don't care <laughs> <laughs> doesn't matter but you uh... You know, and women, it works both ways, and women got to realize that guy that's in that kind of, that looks like that, if you actually want him to be a good dad and husband, he's not going to be able to continue to look like that, because time does not allow. It just can't happen. Our text line is 415-295-KFTC. Man, Chris Christie is really worried that his nachos somehow are going to get disrupted in his face-off with that Cubs fan. <laughs> he's holding it like uh, Barry Sanders used to run. Yeah, you don't want to fumble this. Uh, Marshall's got his news coming up. We'll get into the news of the day coming up on the Armstrong and Getty Show. So the news broke, what, on Friday that Scaramucci's wife had filed for divorce while nine months pregnant. Yep. That's a heck of a move to divorce somebody when you're nine months pregnant. Well, they had a baby. 
last Monday. Monday night, his wife, they're still married, had a baby, had their baby. Mm -hmm. And two days later, he goes berserko on the phone. I think that played a role, don't you? Your wife's leaving you. You're having a kid. Your world's falling apart. You're under a lot of pressure. Had to play a role. Anyway, more on that later. Uh, News now with Marshall Phillips. Well, President Trump's new White House chief of staff is on the job. Former Homeland Security Secretary John Kelly is replacing Reince Priebus after Priebus resigned last week. Now, Vincent Nicholas, official Trump tweet reader with the president's take on the staff shakeup. Highest stock market ever. Best economic numbers in years. Unemployment lowest in 17 years. Wages rising. Border secure. SC. No White House chaos. What's SC? I don't know. SC, South Carolina. You know what SC is? I don't know. know. Uh, All that stuff is true. And Mm -hmm. uh, generally, elections, uh, you either keep your job or don't keep your job based on that information. Right. SC is super (laughs) covfefe. This John Kelly guy that's taken over, he is the most respected guy around. He was the Department of Homeland Security chief. Yep. And uh, he's a big deal. Yep. And so the, the only question is... Does Trump let him do his thing? If if Trump lets him do what a chief of staff is supposed mm-hmm. to do and instill the sort of uh um you know discipline that the guy is known for, well then then it'll be pretty awesome. Now, I don't know if this is a fair comparison to make or if it's just more people right. just criticizing Trump cuz he's Trump and they criticize everything he does. The I saw a lot of the the last change in the chief of staff during the Nixon administration was to a military guy, too. How'd that work out? Do you, do you see any sort of I don't think that's got anything okay. to do with anything. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. SC uh, means, I guess it probably means Supreme Court because it got Gorsuch on there. There you go. Yeah. Oh, there you go. Gotcha. That was it. Also, yeah. super covfefe. <laughs> <laughs> At the same time he was tweeting this out over the weekend, Trump is still clinging to an old battle. He's refusing to give up on health care. Trump tweet reader Vincent Nicholas. Don't give up, Republican senators. The the world is watching. Repeal and replace and go to 51 votes. Nuke option. Get cross state lines and more. Wow. I think it's dead, right? Doesn't everybody agree? Yeah. It's, it's over. Yeah. Flexing our muscles, the U.S. flew a couple of B-1 bombers over the Korean Peninsula Sunday in a show of force after North Korea's latest intercontinental ballistic missile test on Friday night. That was its second this month. A missile with the capability to hit L.A., San Francisco or Chicago, and of course Trump weighed in once again, Vincent Nicholas, with the president's hot take on the nuke threat. I'm very disappointed in China. Our foolish past leaders have allowed them to make hundreds of billion dollars a year in trade, yet they do nothing for us with North Korea. Just talk. We will no longer allow this to continue. China could easily solve this problem! Boy, that's some pretty tough talk on China yeah. compared to where we were a couple of months ago. Um... What does that mean we're not going to put up with this anymore? What does that mean? It's scary how quickly the 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 their um their rockets are yes. are gaining in distance. Yes. I mean it was just a couple of months ago it was they could eventually have a a, a missile that would reach Hawaii. Well then they easily could reach Hawaii. Now right. they can reach Chicago? Right. This has all happened in a matter of weeks. And just a couple of weeks ago, they were saying, well, we still have a year or two before they could reach the West Coast. Now, all of a sudden, whoops, it's here already. California Senator Dianne Feinstein reacted very strongly as well, considering her state could be in North Korea's crosshairs. She was on Face the Nation. North Korea has never moved at the speed that this leader has to develop an ICBM 
to have a trajectory and maybe even hit as far east as Chicago. I make it as a clear and present danger to the United States. Clear and present danger. Yeah, I just, well, we're going to talk to somebody about this later. The math of it doesn't change just because they have a rocket that can reach Chicago now. What are your options? Your options are still, I think, either accept North Korea being a nuclear power and hope they don't do anything crazy, or launch a military attack that would kill hundreds of thousands, if not millions of people. It's just hard to imagine we're ever going to do that. And then on the big crisis map, we've got Russia. The U.S. State Department's calling Russia's decision to cut hundreds from its diplomatic staff in Russia a regrettable and uncalled-for act. President uh, Vladimir Putin saying the U.S. is going to have to cut its embassy and consulate staff in Russia by 755. Russian officials earlier linked that decision to the new sanctions against Russia approved by the U.S. Congress. Well, we're going to talk to somebody from the Washington Post about that. I have no idea how big a deal that is. Do we do we need those diplomats around? Well, do a, we lot care? Of the, a lot of those diplomats are not even U.S. Uh, U- U.S. diplomats. They are people. They're Russians who work for the consulates. So they're basically cutting Russian jobs and just shrinking down the entire staff to the amount of staffers that we have allowed the Russians to have in the U.S., so it really is tit for tat on this one. And then I wonder, the Russians who, who worked in these offices for the Americans, are they outcasts now? Or can they get a job as easily going back into Russian workforce? Oh, and I also wonder, I mean, the Russians working for the U.S., are they really working for the U.S.? Are they double agents? I mean, you know, there's so, so many overlapping uh, things going on here. That's your news. I'm Marshall Phillips here. Armstrong Getty Show, the voice of the West. Well, the New York Times had an article, if Putin bet on Trump, their bet has not paid off. So, that's good news, right? Doesn't that mean even if Trump was in collusion, they're not getting what they wanted out of it? Russia's not getting what they wanted out of it. More on that later with the Washington Post. We've got a bunch of things we're going to cover today. There is a uh, big cybersecurity get-together. Um, they had a conference last week. We're going to talk to a reporter how that went. They did something pretty cool. They brought in a whole bunch of voting machines and had hackers try to get into them to see how easily they could do it. And I wonder how that turned out. Stay tuned to the Armstrong and Getty Show. And this was the most disgusting thing he said. I'm not Steve Bannon. I'm not going to blank my own blank. My own. Scaramucci said, I'm not Steve Bannon. I'm not trying to my own. That's what he said to a reporter on the record. There was just no point in anyone being coy about this anymore. In fact, Scaramucci's remarks were so extreme, they put news networks in a tricky position. But leave it to Gail King on CBS This Morning to cut right to the chest. How is that even physically possible, number one? And number two, when you hear something like that, Mark, are you offended? Are you offended? Are you disappointed? Are you saddened by it? She's talking to Bob Schieffer. And nothing in his half-century of Edward R. Murrow award-winning journalism could have possibly prepared him for the question, does the idea of Steve Bannon don't make you angry or sad? Oh, my God. 
She's heading to Bob Schieffer. How is that even physically possible? <laughs> wow. That is something. Uh, and yeah, so the news broke over the weekend that Scaramucci's wife had filed to divorce for divorce a couple of weeks ago. Not only nine months pregnant, but deep into nine months pregnant, as in close to giving birth. Filing for divorce when you're about to give birth. Holy cow, what's going on in that marriage? They had a kid. She had a kid. Apparently, they're splitting up. Last Monday night, and when did he go do that whole uh, that, that call to the New Yorker? Thursday? Thursday, yeah. It's four days later. So apparently, he was with Trump. Scaramucci was with Trump at the Boy Scout Jamboree while his wife was having their baby. I'm guessing she didn't want him in the room. We don't know what the story is on that, why she's so mad at him. She can't even have him in the at the hospital. Yeah, it's hard to figure out if that was a symptom or some sort of straw that breaks the back, right? Like I don't I don't know. I haven't seen that kind of There was a story out that she's a Democrat and she hates the fact that he's a, a, a Trumpist, but she has since said that that's not the case. So who knows? He could be cheating on her. You know, you never know. Uh, Scaramucci tweeted about it yesterday morning. By the way, he tweeted her after the baby was born. Congratulations. I'll pray for our child. Congratulations. Congratulations. <laughs> Via tweet? So public. Congre- you are you are really split up when you tweet your wife. Congratulations. I mean, text your wife congratulations when she has your baby, the two of your baby. That you're that you can't even you two can't even communicate. Well, first of all, you can't be there. Secondly, you can't communicate by phone. You gotta text her. Congratulations. That's rough. She really must hate him. And then he texted uh over the weekend when the story broke. Is he texting or tweeting? This is tweeting. Okay. I'm sorry, Vincent. It's difficult to follow the story when I keep using the wrong word. Then he tweeted to America on Sunday morning after the story had broke, asking the media not to drag his family into a public scrum. Family does not need to be drawn into this. Soon we'll learn who in the media has class and who doesn't. No further comments on this. Go S your own C. He didn't say that last part, but that's what he meant. Uh, we'll see who in the media has class and who doesn't. I'll tell you. The excitement to me with the new chief of staff coming in today, John Kelly, is how he and Mooch get along because it's kind of hard to imagine that they're going to be able to coexist because John Kelly ain't going to take any crap from that DB. No way. Can't wait to see how that turns out. Uh, So that's that. Sean did get me some pictures of Ivanka. It would appear she's at least had a nose job. No doubt about that. For anyone who cares, and I can't imagine where you would. Yeah, mm, look into this picture when she's like eighteen. Yeah, she looks a lot different than she did now. Well, that's fine. You got a lot of money. I would do that too. I get. You know, I would have a. I'd have a big jaw and a full head of hair. A <laughs> <laughs> big uh, dimple in my chin. Be absolutely fantastic. Uh, coming up, we're going to talk to a CNET reporter about the Black Hat Cybersecurity Conference from last week. This, I, I'm, I'm right, aren't I, Sean? This is the place where they brought in the voting machines and had hackers try yes. to get into them, yes. which is really a heck of an experiment because that's something we got to worry about a lot for the next election. Uh, Russians get into our voting machines, and then we got seriously got a problem. Came across this story this week, and how much time have I got, Michael? Uh, you got two minutes. Plenty. Yeah, um, plenty. This story out of Afghanistan. There's a pushback by Afghan women to unveil names and reclaim identity. And I thought, what does that mean? Listen to this. Afghanistan, where we're trying to build a Western democracy that will be friendly to the United States. Good luck with that. In a code of honor, 
Afghan men do not use the names of female relatives in public. Instead, they refer to their wives like my weak one or my goat. There's currently a social media campaign to end that tradition. When talking about your wife, you re- you don't ever use her name because that gives her too much, uh, you know, a respectability as a human. And you just refer to her as my weak one or my goat. Isn't that unbelievable? And I don't believe they're using the common internet acronym GOAT as a substitute for greatest of all time. No, they just mean yeah. the, the, the beast of burden. That is absolutely incredible. So there's a big push going on right now in Afghanistan for women to try to get enough respect that they'll be called by a name instead of a GOAT. Holy crap. Holy crap. I found that quite amazing. Um, they are living in the year, I don't know what, zero. And uh, so there's a new book about Vietnam out, and I was reading a little bit about that yesterday, and it, and it, it was all about how much the people in, in South, a lot of the people in South Vietnam that were supposedly on our side hated us for being there and, and infiltrating their culture and trying to change their way of life and all that sort of stuff. And I thought, we're doing the same thing again in so many different places in the world. How are we going to go into a place like Afghanistan where the men refer to their wives as goats and change it into something that is going to be favorable to us and have them not hate us. But, wow. Uh, check that out in the New York Times if you want to learn more about it. What a cultural weirdness that is. I wonder how many people bring that tradition to the United States and continue it. I hope not many. Maybe I'll try that with my wife. Refer to her as my goat. See how that goes over. I'm guessing not well. Uh, we'll find out about this Black Hat cybersecurity conference. I want to know, did any of the hackers actually get into the voting machines? Uh, or did they find them to be pretty uh, pretty secure? Also going to catch up on this North Korea situation now that they have a missile that could reach Chicago. On the Armstrong and Getty Show. <laughs> 